Hi there, this is Darren Spoo, pastor at First Baptist Church in Tulsa, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. We would invite you to join us in person Sunday morning at 8.30 and 11 o'clock in downtown Tulsa, or check out our webpage at tulsafbc.org. God bless you, and have a great week. So if my voice goes out, we're done, but hopefully we'll last about the next 20 minutes. Also, I want to give a little disclaimer that I'm not about to celebrate the pandemic. There, there's nothing to celebrate about the pandemic. Uh, I lost several friends during the pandemic. We lost church family members during the pandemic, and I had several close friends who lost close loved ones. So we're not going to celebrate the pandemic. But I do want to talk for a moment about the shutdown. Isn't it weird what we've been through? that the entire world shut down for a couple of months. And I remember driving in for an early morning meeting and hearing that March Madness had been canceled. And so I thought, this, this is a real deal. This is, this is gonna be very serious. And for a few weeks and months, all of our schedules became suddenly wide open. There were no appointments, there were no meetings, there were no going out to dinner. You know, everything just got completely wiped off of our calendars, and I think we missed a great opportunity because we had a once-in-a-lifetime, hopefully, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to say, my calendar is clear, now let me put back only what is important, but I don't think we did that. In fact, I think most of us would say that we're busier today than we've ever been in our entire lives. Why is that? It's because we tend to add things to our life based on pressure and not principles, that we have pressure from our workplace or from our family or what other families are doing, what other parents are doing. We have all this pressure to keep adding on more and more and more, and we're not really living according to any set principles. What is it that we really believe? What is it we want to do with our lives? And let's do that. So the reason I bring this up is because we are now entering next week the season of Advent, which is the busiest season for anybody. Could I encourage you? Stop before you add another thing to your calendar, before you do anything else, let's talk about and let's pray through some principles that we're going to live by. And this will decide how we spend our minutes and days and hours and our life. So from the Advent accounts, and I'm gonna do a little bit of an old school Advent teaching series starting next week when Advent begins, but I'm gonna start it really today, looking at Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the magi and saying, what's a characteristic that they exemplified during a crazy season, no doubt, that they exemplified in their own lives that we need to hold on to as well? So that brings us to Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26, and I would like to take just the first part of our time to just meander through this passage, okay, because there's some good things along the way. So Luke 1:26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... So the first part of Luke 1 is about Elizabeth and Zechariah, an older couple. They had prayed on and on and on about having a child and never did until late in life. In fact, Elizabeth, she probably, if I had to guess, would probably be in her 40s and 50s, which doesn't sound old, but in that day with minimal health care, that was very old. Okay. So Zechariah and Elizabeth had prayed for this child all through their married lives. Get this and please hear this. The prayers that we pray when we're young and coming into the world are often answered when we're old and going out of the world. All that to say, don't stop praying. 
Don't stop. Keep on praying. So finally, when they thought it was too late, God answered this prayer, and Elizabeth and Zechariah were pregnant with a child that we would know to be John the Baptist. So, six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth. It's nowhere. It wasn't Rome, not the seat of power. It wasn't Jerusalem, the seat of religion. It was Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, and the next descriptor is important, a descendant of David. So my wife is related to two famous people from two different sides of her family. On her father's side, she is related to Chief John Ross, who of course led the Trail of Tears when the Cherokees were forced off their tribal lands to come to Oklahoma. She's related on her mother's side. Her mother, her last name, her maiden name was Jackson. She's related on her mother's side to Andrew Jackson, who ordered the Trail of Tears from Chief John Ross. So here she has two very different competing sides of the family. And so as she tells her story, it's, it's, we love the history of it, but who do I identify with? Who do I identify with, a, an elected leader or a tribal hero? You know, who do I really identify with? By saying that Joseph is a descendant of David, here's the identifying marker. What's about to happen will involve kingship. Something about a kingly reign is about to come to pass. So, descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. That statement's important because Mary hadn't done a thing yet. And before she did a thing, the angel pronounces, God is with you. Can we stop for just a moment? And can I look you in the eye? Thank you very much. I think I will. And say, the Lord is with you. It's not about your accomplishments. It's not about your identity. It's not about anything you deserve or have earned. Especially if you've confessed yourself to be a follower of Jesus, the Lord is with you. So now what happens next is like drinking out of a fire hose. Mary was greatly troubled, verse 29, at these words and wondered what kind of greeting it might be. But the angel said to her, here it comes. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You will call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. There it is again, kingship. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. Do you know that every time Shirley Temple appears on camera, she has exactly 56 curls in her hair? I don't know who in the world counted those curls, but that was kind of her thing, that curly hair, right? It's easy for us to forget that Mary here is just a little girl. She's maybe 14, 15, maybe 16 years old at the top end. She's just a girl who has seen very little of life. Not many of us with our experience would be able to handle this. How much less would she be able to handle this? This is absolutely overwhelming to her. And so as a result, she asked a question. Verse 34, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Now, I would like to take a quick poll if you'd please raise your hand on this. How many of you love 
jigsaw puzzles. You love putting together puzzles, have them out. Maybe we have one out on the kitchen table right now. My wife loves puzzles. I think there are two kinds of people in the world. The people who love jigsaw puzzles and normal people. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there, okay? Why do you spend your time putting something together that you're going to break down as soon as you're done? You know? So there's a trend going on right now around social media, and try, you might want to try this, to try to put together a jigsaw puzzle without looking at the top of the box. Just put it together without seeing the big picture. It's difficult enough. Can you imagine that? Mary is trying to piece together what in the world is God doing? And she doesn't have the big picture. She has no idea what she's what God's up to or what she's up against. It's like putting together a puzzle without seeing the big picture. And so it's natural that she would ask a question, how will this be? How am I gonna give birth if I'm only a virgin? And here's what God answers, and we're gonna talk about the virgin birth. Here's what the angel answers. 35, verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. That word is important. In Roman and Greek mythology, Pagan gods were always having sex with human girls. That is not this. There's nothing unseemly about this. There's nothing off color about this. That word overshadow means to experience the holy presence of God. So let's stop here for just a moment because I know during the Apostles' Creed we talked about the virgin birth and its importance Here's where I think we need to revisit that for just a moment. God could have sent Jesus any way he wanted to. He could have had Jesus fully produced as a grown man just pop out of the sky. Okay? He could have done it that way. But we would have every reason to believe if God had done it that way that Jesus was fully divine but not really human. Now, God could have gone to the other extreme. He could have had two parents, Mary and Joseph, get married, have a child, be Jesus, God adopted this Jesus, and he would be completely natural birth, right? But we would have every reason to believe that Jesus is fully human, but not really God. So the virgin birth keeps us from both of those extremes, that Jesus is fully God and fully human, and in addition, this is the most important thing, that ultimately salvation is a gift that begins with God. It's not something we earn or deserve or seek for ourselves. It is initially and forever God's initiative. And so Jesus will be born of a virgin. The angel continues, verse 36. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word of the Lord will ever fail. Verse 38 is important, and here's where we're going to stop and talk about that one principle or priority or characteristic that should define our lives. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled to me, and then the angel left her. Mary was available. She made herself available for God to use, and we'll see this here in a moment. She also made herself available to serve the needs that were right in front of her. So when my youngest son was growing up, and he, he hated it when we walked into his room early in the morning. I don't know why. I'm such a delightful parent. Why would a child not want me to come in their room early in the morning? Dad, I hate it when you come in my room early in the morning. 
So I don't know why, but when my wife and I were staying at a hotel once, I just picked up the do not disturb sign from off the door. Please don't tell the authorities at Homewood Suites that I stole this. But I brought it home and gave it to my son, and sure enough, every single night before he went to bed, he put out the do not disturb sign. In fact, I took this off of the outside of his door just over the weekend. It stays there. Right now, and maybe not even consciously, but maybe subconsciously, or maybe by the way you're living, do you have the do not disturb sign on your door when it comes to your relationship with God? Some signs that you may have that do not disturb sign is maybe the only time you think about God or talk about God is here. Maybe you have that do not disturb sign on your heart, on the door of your heart because hey, I've got all these things that I need to accomplish. I've got my to-do list. And maybe when I'm done with all of that, if there's something left over, then I'll do what God wants me to do. Could I encourage you this morning, consciously take that sign, remove it from the door of your heart and say, God, I am available to you. In fact, during our response time, it probably would be a good prayer to pray what Mary says here. I am the Lord's servant. So let's talk about two things here for just a moment. What does it mean to be available to God? It means that you're gonna run the risk of being hurt. If you're available to God, he is going to send you on some tough assignments, he's gonna send you some difficult people, he's gonna put you into some difficult circumstances. Being available to God is going to be hard on your heart. It's gonna be a challenge. So don't say it unless you really mean it. Think about this for Mary. When she says, I'm the Lord's servant, I don't think this is a one-off prayer for her. I think she was habitually having to pray this prayer because as she watched Jesus grow up, as she watched him leave home, as she watched his popularity increase, as she saw the opposition increase, she knew what was coming. And this was, go in fact, Mary, the sword will pierce your own heart as well. But the benefit, listen, being available to God will be hard on your heart, but the benefit is you get a front row seat at what God is doing in the world. Mary got to be there right at the foot of the cross of Jesus, and she got to watch this happen, eternity be changed. That's the benefit. I would even say this, Mary had a lasting influence on the history of salvation and on the person of Jesus. Because if I'm right, and Mary did pray this prayer over and over and over and over again, there's a little boy that grew up in her house hearing this prayer so that when Jesus himself went into the garden and he didn't want to do what was coming next, he said, not my will, Father, but yours be done. Could it be that Mary modeled that availability to God that Jesus would need at just that right moment? Take that do not disturb sign off, but know the cost. Then immediately, verse 39, at that time Mary got ready and hurried down to the hill country of Judea. She entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. So what does she do? The angel tells her, Elizabeth, your cousin is already in her sixth month. As soon as Mary gets this news that she herself will be pregnant, she hustles on over to Elizabeth's house to help her for the next three months until she delivers her child. At the moment that most of us would say, I got enough on my plate right now, I got more than I can handle, I need to take care of myself first. 
At that moment, that's when Mary says, nope, I'm not gonna sit around here and mope and think about myself, I'm gonna go help my cousin. Listen to me, being available to God means also being available to other people, to serve them. It is never a good time to sacrifice for someone, but it's always the right time. Would you hear that again? It's never a good time. You get that call, somebody needs something, it's never a good time to sacrifice but it's always the right time. So I would encourage you this week, there's gonna come a moment where you're gonna get that phone call, you're gonna get the email, you're gonna get the text message, somebody needs something, and you're in the middle and you're busy. You're gonna know it, and you're gonna know that you know it. And silently in your heart, you will curse my name for saying what I'm about to say next. This is that moment, Lord. It's never a good time, but it's always the right time. This week, with me, would you pray about and would you be attentive to being available to God and the person who is in need right in front of you? I can tell my voice is about done, so I'm about to be done. Raiders, don't you dare say a word. I'm going to get them later on. Mary goes on to sing a song, and there's so much in that song that I I wish we could unpack, but kind of the theme of the song is, God in the middle of the mess, you're still at work. I mean, this is, Mary's life is not about to get easier, it's about to get more difficult, more complicated. We'll see this as we move on through Advent, but God is still at work in the mess. A Chinese pastor who was arrested by the communists for being a Christian, he finally was put into exile. He speaks to a pastor's conference in England. He said, when I was in the concentration camp for being a Christian, because I was well-educated, well-healed, because I was a Christian, the guards made me work in the sewage area where the raw human sewage would be brought in. It would ripen, then somebody would have to dig out that sewage tank in order for the sewage to go off, the human waste to go off to the fields to be used as fertilizer. Guess who they choose who they chose to do that, me, because they knew I was a Christian. But what they didn't realize is how much I enjoyed that work. He said, because when I was working in the sewage area, that was the only time I had a moment completely to myself. The guards were not coming anywhere near that. Other prisoners would not come near. He said, and I could quote the scripture, I could remember, I could pray as loud as I wanted to, And I could sing any song that I wanted to sing, all the hymns I could remember. And ironically, his favorite song in the middle of the sewage, I come to the garden alone when the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. Would you sing it with me? And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known Be available this week 
to God, be available to the person in need, and in all circumstances, give thanks to God, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's stand together and pray together. So I would ask you for our our closing prayer to, to use your imagination. And just imagine that do not disturb sign being hung on the outside door of your heart. And sometime during this prayer or this response time, just imagine taking down the do not disturb sign that you're waiting and you're willing. So Lord, uh, would our prayer this week echo Mary's prayer that, Lord, we are your servants. May it be done to us whatever you say. Whatever you want us to do, whoever you bring across our path, we'll take that as an opportunity. And maybe we need to free up a little bit of our time to uncram our schedule, to quit giving in to pressure and just live by the priority of being available to you. That's difficult in a culture that teaches us to fill every minute and every hour with something productive or entertaining. But more important than all that, we just want to be available to you for you to use as you see fit. So we take that little do not disturb sign off of our heart and we give you access in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of each worship service on Sunday morning, I offer a simple blessing, and I offer that blessing to you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, and may God grant you peace, both now and forever. Amen.